0: life jitsu art of life new episode it's about 10 30 p.m again walking these streets las vegas actually henderson a little bit outside of vegas i try to stay away from that strip if you lived in vegas for 16 years and you were smart you'd probably try to stay away from that strip too unless your friends come in town it's a zoo How do you think I lasted 16 years in this city? How do you think I did? Tells you a lot. I heard someone say when I first moved here, I mean, people talk about the hedonism, the indulgence, the temptations. Vegas is overflowing with all that stuff. It's definitely not the most clean living space. It attracts... You know, they call it the second chance state. It attracts people that are down on their luck, who have a Vegas or bust mentality. So a lot of people, it's a very transient place. And people get run out of Las Vegas real quick. Staying up late, drinking, partying, drugs, wild sex, lose their money, gamble too much, whatever could be a rough city in that way, but as a friend of mine once said, hey, Vegas doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily tempt you. It just reveals who you really are. And if you're a clean living person, if you like that Spartan life, and you love yourself and you take care of yourself, you can make a good life here just like anywhere else there's a lot to be said for a city where probably the easiest airport to get in and out of in the country. It's one of the top ten, I think, busiest airports in the world, I believe. In the nation, at least, I know that, in America. Probably not in the world, probably in America. It's a very busy airport. Get in and out. It's close. I mean, Zion National Park, one of my favorite places, two and a half hour drive way you know LA San Diego 4 or 5 hour drive away depending on how much how fast you drive and how how much you like to stop you know I like to stop every 75 90 minutes just to stretch out just to move just to keep that blood pumping just to reduce the jet lag um You know, it's an international city, too. It's a cosmopolitan city. It's got everybody. There's six degrees of separation everywhere else. There's three degrees of separation here in Las Vegas. Everybody knows everybody. And everybody is one or two people away from the top. So it's, again, for me, for the fight capital of the world, I was here because I worked for the newspaper, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I was a general assignment reporter, I covered cops in courts, I went into the prisons and interviewed them, I I covered breaking news, I covered fires, I covered death penalty cases, bribery cases, homicides, you name it. Um, And then of course the fight, the fight game is here, right? UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, they did the impossible, one of the greatest corporate comebacks in history. And I was here to witness it. I was supposed to be in law school. Arizona State University got accepted. That was something that had long been on my radar. Law school. I think I think like a lawyer that I was gonna, hey, you know, that philosophy degree, everybody's like, what are you gonna do with philosophy? And I was gonna use it, that that logical mind, that philosopher mind, to uh, to study law, to practice law. And as it happened, the conversation with Dana White changed the whole trajectory for me. And I wound up staying here in Las Vegas. Never thought I would, by the way. I had a had a love-hate relationship with Las Vegas for a lot of years. It just didn't fit me. I mean, I'm, an, I'm a Taurus, so if you know about Tauruses, if you don't believe in that, you should put some stock in it. There is something to be said. I mean, you can tell. Like, for instance, I've dated women, and I would say... Pisces women are probably the most gaga and, and crazy about me just consistently I'm 46 years old now I've, I've been around long enough to know that I can just tell when a, a, a lot of times when a woman's a Pisces you just feel their energy there's a certain way and those women tend to be in me I don't know why but but anyway um, so just was not a place I really wanted to be I, I'm an earthy I love the outdoors. I love green. I love nature. I love that clean life. I love clean, crisp air. I love cycling, the wind in my face. I love hiking. I love mountains more than sea. There's something to be said for the sea and looking out into the sea, which I did when I was in San Diego this past weekend, but you give me the choice between the sea and and the mountains, and I'll choose the mountains times 10. That's where that's where I love to be. Uh, we have mountains here in Vegas, but once you live in Utah, I mean, you know, Tahoe has some really beautiful mountains, but once you live in Utah, you would never think the Vegas mountains are. I mean, Red Rock is solidly pretty. It's got its own charm. Mount Charleston solid, but once you see those mountains of Utah or Colorado, I mean, man, man there's nothing. It's just these, you know, th- those are, those, those, our mountains here in Vegas pale compared to that. So I loved Utah, Vegas. I could I could have taken it or leaving it, but it, but it, but it was it was good for work. It was good for journalism. Journalism experience. It was great for the fight game. It was a great place to train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, wrestling to train in MMA, train with many of the best in the world, train with dozens of UFC fighters, Martin Campman, Tyson Griffin, Gray Maynard, Sam Stout, Anthony Pettis, Joseph Benavidez, Alexis Vila, on and on and on, Brian Caraway, TJ Dillashaw, Ryan Hall, on and on and on, so many, UFC fighters from Korea, whatever, Britain, so it was... That was something, and that, that fight game definitely kept me here. That and getting married and having a son, now divorced. and Never wanted to stay in Vegas, but I'll tell you what. you got to learn to be happy wherever you are, right where you are. It really is. It's an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. Inside you. The only guarantee is you're waking up with you every day. That's it. Like my buddy Peter said today, too. It's like, it's your that's your job. It's your job. You're not happy. You're not fulfilled. Things aren't going right. It's your job. You're failing at your job, then. I failed at my job before. I mean, I'm a person, man. I, I tell you, for, I consider myself super, super gifted. I mean, super off-the-charts creative. I do. I do. I've lived in this skin long enough to know, like, my God, thank you so much. Like... Oh, I can't keep up with the ideas. I can't keep up. Things just flow. Phraseologies flow. Ideas flow. Productivity flows. Great energy. Age defying. On and on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the abundance. The downside is I'm scratching the surface. And I've made so many mistakes. And I've failed so much. And I've been rejected so much. Thank God I'm tenacious. And I'm resilient. And I'm gritty. And I'm persistent as all heck. Thank God for that. Thank God I have a fighting spirit. I'm willing to fight for the things I want. Thank God I run toward fear because that's where the the growth is. That's where the excitement is. That's where the challenge is. Thank God for that. But you want to talk about being slapped in the face, rejected, heartbreaks, all that, man. Hey, you know, pull up a chair. I got plenty of those stories. I and mean, I take the blame for a lot of it. I take the blame for a lot of it because I'm the only one to fix it, regardless of what I inherited, regardless of maybe I didn't hit the birth lottery, right? But so what? No one's going to clean up the mess but me. That's a fact. And, and hardly anybody wants to hear my sob story, your sob story, our pity party. That's a fact. They'll act like they care they don't. So it's your job. It's my job. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Start liking where, right where your life. Start loving yourself right where you are. For me, it was here in Las Vegas. Okay, you know what? So there's a bunch of reasons maybe not to like it, Frank, but you better find a lot of reasons to like it. And as soon as I made peace with Las Vegas a couple years ago, my life started to get better. The glass began to become half full. My happy IQ, my happy quotient went up. It did. And I stopped swimming against the stream. And I know many good people here in Vegas And I've learned a lot of lessons I need to learn in the way that I look at things. Everything I've done has prepared me for what's next, for what I'm building. Everything I've done, all the lessons, all the rejections, all the hurt, all the hauntings, that's all I needed to learn those lessons. I am a man of faith. I have faith. And I believe I needed to learn these lessons. That's why the hand was dealt the older I get, the more I believe in fate, the more I believe in destiny, the more I believe in what was meant to be. And that, that takes the weight off me. That takes the cross off me, man. It just makes me feel more free. You don't have to sit there. Sometimes someone like me, a young, a philosopher, age 10, 11, 12, thinking about thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and, thinking and overthinking. And it's a beautiful thing to think as much as I do because you can figure out a lot of things. You can, you can learn and teach yourself to think five, ten steps ahead. You can solve a lot of problems with that kind of persistence, thinking about thinking, about thinking. Thinking is the hardest work. Very few people like to think a lot. It's really hard work. It's 30% of your energy to run your brain. I was doing it. I was doing that heavy mental lifting and I enjoy it. But there's a point where it's overthinking. There's a point where if you think too much you know what that's a sign of? You think too much? It's O ye of little faith. It means your faith isn't where it should be. Because someone who has a really strong faith that things are going to work out that that things are meant to be, that the, the positive things are on the horizon. Someone with a really strong faith doesn't, they, they sleep easy. They don't overthink things. Uh, you know what? They're confident. A lot of times the people that think the most are someone like me, somebody who came from a scarred background and has a lot of scars. Someone who's not at peace tends to overthink. So it was a double-edged sword. But a sign of faith is when you can just rest easy. When your mind is at ease. When your mind is at peace. And the older I get, I I sort of think, you know, that, that fate, that destiny, that faith. Things are going to work out as they should, Frank. And I invite you to take the same approach. You'll rest easier. You'll have less anxiety. Things you're carrying, guess what? A lot of the things you're carrying, guess what? You're choosing to carry it. Why you carry? Why you choose? The burdens you have, you're choosing to carry those. Let them go. You don't have to carry them. You think you do, but you don't. It's like a lot of us, we have these emotional, this emotional baggage or this emotional load. Where is that? Go find that hurt, that, that thing that happened 20 years ago or 15 years ago, and you're, it still haunts you. It still hurts you deep inside. You're still angry about it. You're still resentful. You still want to cry, whatever. Where is it? It doesn't even exist anywhere in the world except in your head. Some little electrical impulse, some brain electrical connection to some little part of your brain it doesn't exist anywhere other than your brain. It's a memory. It doesn't even exist. It doesn't have any existence in the physical world, really. It exists in your brain. You're carrying that pain around. And the moment you start thinking, hey, I don't need to do that. That's the past. Let the past be the past. And the moment that you that you start to look at that pain and, and as Viktor Frankl, the great psychotherapist, used to talk about find meaning. The happiest people, the, the mentally strongest people give meaning to their suffering. They suffer and they think, you know what? This was meant to happen. I needed to learn this lesson. There is going to be value in this. Whatever suffering, whatever crosses you've had to bear, attach meaning to them. Say, oh, Frank, why would I do that? I'm just making that up and that's not right and whatever. Listen, do what you got to do to win. Do what you got to do to win in life. You have a choice at the end of the day with anything you do. Really all of life, we can complicate everything. Life boils down to, to, to one decision. 16 ounce jar. It's filled at exactly the 8 ounce mark. And you have to decide, is the glass half full or is it half empty? Do you have faith or are you ye of little faith? Are you going to be positive or are you going to be negative? Are you going to be wrapped in self-love or trapped in a state of self-loathing? You decide that. Are you going to eat like a champion or are you going to eat like a chump? You decide that. And if you're eating like a chump, do you really love yourself? Is that a statement of loving yourself? It's gross. I'm sorry. It's gross. You can say, well, yeah, I just don't know any better. I don't have any choices. I understand. Look, I drive the city blocks like anybody else. I see all the fast food joints, all the crap. I walk in the grocery stores, I see all the crappy food, including Whole Foods and Sprouts, who I love. I love those spots. Whole Foods is my second home, but most of the stuff in Whole Foods I wouldn't eat. Processed stuff. They sell GMO just like anybody else. I love Whole Foods, but there's tons of food in there I wouldn't care. I wouldn't eat. Sugar infested and processed and GMO they've got they've got tens of thousands of products hundreds of them are awesome and thousands of them I wouldn't touch so you got to know what you're doing in there it's on you to be enlightened to awaken yourself listen to someone like me or someone else whoever you want to be your nutrition consigliere right somebody somebody who's eating healthier than you at least you know because it's hard to know out there who who to believe, which scientists are are right today, right? It's confusing, but I can just tell you what, like what I'm doing. I'm transparent. Say what you want. I'm transparent. I tell you my age, I don't use the roids, everything I do is all natural. So every result I'm getting, and I'm getting pretty good results, and I'm, I, I must know a lot of what I'm doing, because like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I eat better than yours. okay. I'm not a doctor, but if you came to my house, I cook better than yours. So I know what I'm doing. I'm getting ready to get down to probably about 7 or 6, maybe 6.5 or 7% or so body fat for a photo shoot in 12 days. And then we're going to have this book come out, the first book, and I'm going to be really happy about that. And it's going to talk a lot about eating like a champ, basically. 300 plus weight cuts, what I've learned, I've learned all the ways not to do it, folks. There is, we are all different, we are all unique. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to anything. But there are general principles. And there's certainly the kind of stuff I'm eating for 98% of you, 97, 98% of you, you're going to be eating a lot healthier if you just did what I do. But ideally, you would you would see what I do, and then you would tinker it and tailor it to your own needs. That will take time. That will take weeks. That will take months. Because you're different than me. I respect that. I'm aware of that. But as a starting point, it it would behoove, it would help a lot of you to, to copy and clone someone like me, what I eat, for a lot of you. Now, if you have some special health condition or disease or whatever, well, you know, you got all the experts. You got doctors and specialists and whoever out there. Go find them. Go find them. Go consult them. Do what they say then. If that's your guru, that's your your way, go do what they say. It's fine. But if you're here and you like what I do and you're curious, follow at LifeJitsu, my Instagram, my Facebook, Frank Forza. I put a lot of stuff out there. I'm showing you a lot of the deck. I'm transparent. I'm telling you how I get the results. I'm getting the results because I've been doing this... 33 years in this fight game, in these combat sports. I've been up close. I was a nutrition columnist for Ultimate Fighting Championship. I've picked a lot of people's brains. I've, I've read a lot of studies. I've researched a lot. I live it. I don't read it uh, necessarily. I live it. I practice it. I tinker it. And I'm always learning. I mean, you know, this stuff, every six months to a year... Uh, I get smarter and I change things. You have to constantly adapt. Your body changes. The information changes. The data changes. So I'm constantly learning. So please do follow me on Life Jitsu. But again, getting back to talking about Las Vegas and, and self-love and all that, it's, that's it. I've said it before, and it's, it's worth repeating. If you're not happy with the simple life, if you're not happy with the little things in your life, if you can't find happiness going on a walk with someone you love, having dinner with friends or someone you love, seeing your kid play soccer or seeing your kid discover something for the, for the first time, or even when you go to the gym and you're getting a good workout in, or writing, or whatever your hobbies are, creating, writing, making a song, singing, if you can't find joy in those simple things that usually don't cost a lot of money, then I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're going to be, ever be happy. It's the simple things. That, and listen, I like nice things. And I like prosperity. And I intend to do very well financially in this world, in this life, in this dimension. Make no mistake about that. I'm driven to do that because I've never done it before. I've never financially thrived. I've never been some elite, awesome, great businessman. Far from it. So it interests me to do it. I love the challenge of doing that which I've never done. I love climbing that Kilimanjaro like, Hey, Frank, you've, you've never tackled, you've never thrived on the financial frontier. The, the financial, is it's the final frontier for someone like me. I've never done well at that. So it interests me. It attracts me. It, it inspires me. Because it's almost like there's a little voice in my head. It's like, hey, you can't do that. You're not meant to do that. You're not supposed to do that. That's not for you. There's a fear there. It's not for me. I wasn't meant for that. And that's exactly what attracts me to it. I'm like, you know what? No no no, we're gonna do real well at business. That's exactly what attracted me now to rekindling and doing more music and wanting to get out there and sing more in public. I've sang more in public, you know, national anthems in front of fifteen thousand people and we've sang in front of thirteen hundred people, I did TEDx speech in front of thirteen hundred plus people. Whatever. That interests me because once upon a time I was so scared to be in public and to publicly perform or be on a stage or sing in front of people and terrified. But at the same time, that was why it felt so alive to be up there. That's why the stage is so awesome. It's so awesome to do a speech, or even as an athlete, compete in front of hundreds or thousands of people. Because you can look stupid. You can be humiliated. And that's part of what's awesome about it. It's like, wait, this matters. This matters. You can really mess up in front of all these people. So you have to prepare... Otherwise, you're going to have egg on your face. Otherwise, you're going to look stupid. Otherwise, no one's going to take you seriously. So I prepare like a madman. Because why? Because, oh man, this matters. There's a scoreboard now. People are watching. I don't want to be humiliated. I don't want to be embarrassed. I have a lot of pride. That's the upside of pride. That's why pride can be a good thing. Oh, swallow your pride. Check your ego at the door. No way. Ego is the reason I kept doing jiu-jitsu. What people, people talking about? I kept doing jiu-jitsu. I came in there day one and I was getting whipped by, I mean, I had a girl giving me problems, a blue belt. I had other, you know, higher belts, blue and purple belts who were giving me a handful or brown and black belts that were beating me. And I was like, you know, I was a tough kid, strong, scrappy, determined, in good shape. I was a good wrestler at the time. And I was losing early in the jiu-jitsu mat, and that was not okay with me. I was like, literally like, man, I didn't fall in love with jiu-jitsu instantly. What, what attracted me was my ego. They were beating me. They were humbling me. They were taking it to me. I was pissed I didn't like that. I felt humiliated. I felt angry about it. So I'm like, I'm going to keep coming back until I beat them. That's what kept me coming back. People talk about ego is bad. What are you talking about? Ego is a double-edged sword, just like anything else. Ego is a tightrope. Ego can take you very far. If, if you got rid of human ego, and if you, got, if you got rid of big egos, human innovation and human advancement would, would fall off a cliff. Most of the great progress in human history wouldn't exist but for people with, with big egos that wanted things done in their name, that wanted attention, that wanted to impress a woman, or whatever. Wanted power. It's it's when the ego and power run amok. There is a balance to be had there. Right? You go too far, you go to an extreme, and you can crash and burn. So it's knowing when to bet on a big ego and knowing when to double down and, and hedge on humility. Great. Remember, that ultimate mindset to me is... I'm as great as the greatest, as humble as the least. Wrap yourself around that. And you gotta know when to push which button. You need both in this world. So anyway, today, uh 46 years old today, folks. Got about another hour of that. And once upon a time, many years ago, I thought, well, I mean, 46 is just gonna be. Right, I thought I'd be further along financially than I am. Um, I thought I'd have a bunch of kids, you know, when I was younger, I thought I'd be probably still living in the East Coast in Maryland, and uh, I don't know, I didn't imagine that I would still be like this age-defying person and a nutrition artist, and people are hitting me up all the time now for nutrition and what should I eat, and what do you think about this, and what do you think about fruit, how much fruit, and you have all of these. I mean, this was a big accident. This one, um, I didn't think I'd be into the media consulting either. I I was in love with journalism 20 years ago, working my butt off, missing classes at the University of Maryland so I could work for the school newspaper. We had a very good school newspaper, a daily newspaper, the Diamondback. So here we are though, 46 years old feel really good and uh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to make decisions now that will prepare me none of us has promised tomorrow I know it could end, I mean who knows it's God's will but I'm still going to plan for that next a good 30, 40, 50 year run and by the way God willing, I expect to live a lot longer than just the next 50 years. I do. I sincerely, in the bottom of my heart, expect to live to be 120, 125, 130, and age-defying most of the way, by the way. I do. I believe I'm going to carry that flag for age five. I believe I'm going to get younger in the next 20 years. I really believe that. I believe I'll get younger. And I believe that that will be proof that what I am doing in mind, in body, in spirit, in habits, clean living, it will be proof, undeniable proof that I know what I'm doing without the steroids, without the HGH, without the plastic surgery, without all these things that that, that they're trying to sell you so you can be better. All the magic pill mentality which I am so against. I'm not saying never but I'm just saying why rush to that because people want a magic pill mentality because they have bad habits. Because they have weakness in their game. Because their inner armor is weak. Their inner, their heart, their soul, their discipline. No, you got to build those up. Those are muscles. you got to build them up. It's your job. Once again, it's your job. Self-love is your job. Discipline is your job. Restraint is your job. Good habits is your job. Toward you. You want to manage other people's life and get on Facebook and be mad at everybody and be mad at presidents be whatever you you got your hands full with you trust me how do i know because i got my hands full with me i'm gonna sit there and you think i'm gonna sit there and get be all upset about kim kardashian or someone else's life i got my hands full running my own life you got your hands full running your life get on it you should be striving to do an excellent job you owe it to yourself right as there's a guy, Dre Gardner here, a yogi. Guy's doing some good stuff with some yoga workshops and yoga events. A UOU. He always said, UOU. I think he even has a vanity license plate with that. And I've interviewed Dre Gardner. He and I get along well. He's in his, I think he's in his early 50s, I think. And he's a very young guy, strong guy. Had a bad car accident and yoga turned his life around, transformed him. Now he's helping transform other people, right? But it's easy. you. UOU. you. What well, you do. That's it. It starts with you. So, listen. The end game in this dimension, the end game, should be to create for you, to create a ripple effect, for you to create an impact that is a million people or more wide, a ripple. A love ripple you're sharing what you've learned teach your we're all teachers no matter what you're doing you're a teacher if you're if you're a bad person you're a teacher teaching people what not to do teaching them who not to trust we're all teachers we are all examples so choose wisely what you're going to teach people and you should be here to leave a ripple at the end of the day i'm, I'm telling you this I don't know who Who's listening right now? But if you're if you're in your teens, you know, you're 18, 19, 20, you're in your twenties, even if you're in your thirties, right now you might be in a season of self-love where it's like, hey, you've got your hands full, you're trying to work through some problems, you had a rough life, money is, is tight, maybe you're broke, whatever, you don't know how you're gonna pay your rent, you feel lost, you don't have a sense of purpose. So right there, man. Look, you—you you, man or woman, you have—you have to learn. You have to inflate yourself. You have to learn to love yourself. That's your number one job. You got to learn to see the glasses half full, and, and and don't hate on people because a lot of people are going to help you. Don't become angry and hateful because when you do that, you know, build your love, but don't become angry and hateful because now you're going to repel the people that will help you, and you're going to need help. You can't lone wolf it. But once you're going, once you start getting better at that self-love thing, and once you hit that place of self-love, and if you already have it, then you know you're going to the next level. But if you're not, and you're still a work in progress, I'm telling you now, what's ahead? On what's on the horizon? What's the end game? The end game is not self-love. Self-love is a key step. It's a key foundation. But that's not the its not the zenith. It's not the top of the mountain. The top of the mountain is... best feeling in life is to put a smile on people's face to give to other people and make other people feel loved. Because there's a lot of lost people. That's it. That's going to be the ultimate. The most fulfilling thing for you if you get to be a complete person, a higher person. And you really learn to love yourself. The most complete thing is going to be to to make other people uh, feel good that's going to be your number one thing that's the end game if you're not anywhere in that stratosphere like what is he talking about you'll be there, you'll get there no need to rush there's levels, there's a hierarchy if you haven't figured out the self love thing yet keep working on that one that's a road, that's a path to where you're going to build up other people you're going to walk in the room. Once you got that self-love thing, it's not going to be about, look at me, look at how much I love myself. You're going to get past that. You're going to walk in the room. You're going to look, people are going to see your smile. They're going to see the look in your eyes, the light in your eyes. And it's going to speak volumes. And it's going to make other people feel better. And when you say something, when you say, you look so nice today, Thank you so much, whatever, whatever you say to people. It's going to carry so much weight, so much credibility, so much power. that's going to inspire other people. It's going to make them feel good when you say things to make them feel good. You're going to have a credibility, you're going to have that light, you're going to shine that light. You're going to shine a spotlight on them too. You're going to build them up. That's the end game. Make no mistake about it, no matter how selfish you are, no matter how obsessed with self-love, the end game is the most fulfilling feeling will be putting smiles on other people's face. Not just your blood, total strangers too. The person who's standing in line somewhere and doesn't have enough money for something, the the homeless person, whoever, the good friend who just lost their job. That's going to be it. That's the end game, man. And if you're not there, it's okay. So build the foundation right now. you got to, you got to, you know, your oxygen mask first. got to build yourself up first. And then when you do, bam, let's go out there. The world, man, the world is always going to need more love, more light. I say, look, whenever you're lost, like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I be? When you're asking yourself that question... Just ask yourself this question. What does the world need more of? What does the world need more of? Does it need more vanity guys, chest puffing, peacocking, thinking they're better than everybody, trying to intimidate everybody, walking around the gym, jealous stupid boyfriends, why are you looking at my girl, whatever. Does it need more of that? It's got plenty of that. More posers with, hey, look at my car, and revving engines, and... Does it need, it's got plenty of that. More me first, me first, me first. Does it need, more? it doesn't. It's got plenty of it. Be what it needs more of. It needs more good people. It needs more people that want to help other people. It needs more people that that have had their heart broken, that have been crushed, that have had hard lives, but are not jaded. But who have protected their sanity and protected their smile. That's what it needs more of. You're like, well the world needs more, but wouldn't you be it. You start with you then. If it needs more of it, you be it then. You represent it. And yeah, is everybody going to lay down the red carpet for you and like you and help you? No, they're not. They won't. But you'll start to attract the things that you represent, that you want, that you'll start to attract better and greater things over time. Make no mistake. Let me tell you what. Mike Dolce... Who's an old friend, I've known Mike probably 10 years or so. He's trained dozens of UFC fighters with their diets, with their nutrition. From Team Quest, Dan Henderson, Randy Couture, Chael Sonnen, to, to Ronda Rousey, to Quentin Jackson, to BJ Penn. to I mean, on and on and on. Johnny Hendricks, Kevin Gastelum, I believe. They all made weight, by the way. Four-time trainer of the year in mixed martial arts. Sports Illustrated has, you know, written about him. I mean, his podcast, popular podcaster, Mike does very well. He's got followers and people buying his diet plans from all over the world. And I was just on his podcast for the second time. It's so nice of Mike Dolce to have me on that podcast. We did three hours. The episode, I think it's episode 195... Uh, it just went up yesterday. I'm so grateful to Mike and his wife, Brandy, for having me on. Why? Because they share the stage with me. Mike's a lot bigger than I am in terms of popularity. You don't have to do that. He could get much bigger names than me on there. But he's seeing in me, hey, there's the hero next door, Frank. You, he said to me, you know what? I think you're just as smart as, a, as a, you know, whatever, Jordan Peterson. I love your intellect, and you should be on there. You, you have every right to be on my show just like, just like any of those big names. I love you. you. know, I love having you on. That means the world to me, that someone will bet on me when I'm small. Bet on me when he probably... He ain't going to get probably a ton of clicks on that podcast right now having me on there. Right? It's probably not going to kill it. It's, probably, it's not going to put food on his plate or whatever. But he believes in me. said, saying, I want to help you. I want to share the stage with you. Frank, I think you're an interesting guy. That means the world to me. I'm not going to forget that. Why? Because I know, man, I know how few people look out for me like that. Even with me having good intentions and all the ability in the world and all the creativity in the world and all the drive in the world and having a lot of great stories in me, a lot of passion. There a lot of extraordinary passion. There's nobody's throwing down the red, the, you know, the red carpet for me. A lot of people slam doors in my face even now and don't want to help. You know, the people I help and I bend over backs so for, they won't even share a, share a, something that I do on on social media, right? Just like Mike was dealing with with some of these with some of the elite athletes. I've worked with some of them before, too. They want everything free. They're like, oh, the pleasure is yours, Frank, to work with me, right? Don't even share my stuff. Like, tell me, sending me text messages telling me I'm a genius and thank you so much and whatever, whatever, and then not, never wanting to ever financially help you, and they're making six figures, never sharing anything of yours on, online. Just take, 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 take. So it can, be a, it can be a hard world out there. and Then you have a guy like Mike Dolce who's got a much bigger stage and says, no, nah, brother, I'm, I'll share with you. I'll share with you. Come on. I want to help you. I liked your TED Talk, your TEDx Talk. That means the world to me. When you have those people in your life, keep them close and always reward them as you get bigger. Reward them. Remember the people that helped you when you were pushing the 300-pound boulder up the mountain. Because a lot of people won't help you when you're there. Everybody's going to be there to help you celebrate when you get to the top of the mountain and and bandwagon and and try to jump aboard then and ride your momentum. Very few people want to help you on the climb up. Right? It's amazing how all these people come out of the woodworks once you're there and they want a favor and they want tickets and they want whatever. But they don't want to give you nothing. All the pleasure is yours, Frank. You sit here and work with me for... 50, 60 hours as a private consultant for mind jitsu and Forza Fit and nutrition stuff, but then, you know, but then uh, not even not not even so much as a share on social media or anything to say. Hey, I mean, that's it. The world can be like that. Don't let it jade you. Don't let it take your smile. Don't let it stop you from seeing the world the glass is half full cuz it is and when you see it as half full you'll still have that light and you will attract better people you will attract people with better intentions in your life and it might take you lo- a longer thing there is no magic don't don't believe in the magic pill mentality things can take time things can take 10 years they can take 15 years they can take 20 years and and you you know you can learn some hard lessons i did but I learned the lessons I need to learn, especially in business, man. Business beat me up, roughed me up, but that's how I learned. I learned a lot. I learned a lot these last seven, eight years, and I'm grateful, and I learned it by getting busted up and beat up in business, but I'm glad I did because when you live it, you take the blows, and those lessons are times ten. It's worth way more than reading the book, reading someone else's truth. Live your truth. So, I want to say here at at 46 years old, 46 years young, you know, I haven't trained jujitsu in five months or wrestled and just resting my body and I'm happy I can walk normal. My hips and everything are good and um, I'm happy I can get a good night's sleep with no pain. I'm happy that I have all my teeth. I'm happy that I've had my nose, I have had my nose broken before, but I don't have the deviated septum thing that people have, and, uh, you know, I have a titanium plate in my neck, but my neck feels really good, my neck's really strong, I've had my hand broken three times, my hands work really good, I've had fingers that are still really crooked, but they work well, I still type quickly, I can write everything I need to write, my voice still works, I can still sing, and I'm just really lucky. My ex-wife accuses me. She says, Hey, you've been dyeing your hair. You dye your hair. I know you dye your hair. And I think it's hilarious, and I think it's a compliment, because I've never dyed my hair ever. I have a lot of gray in my beard, but but my hair, thank God, I, I don't have much gray in my hair. And, and I'm flattered when my ex-wife uh, accuses me of dyeing my hair. Because I'm like, No, I don't. But, uh... I'm flattered and honored that you, that you say I do. But uh, but anyway, whoever's listening out there, um, listen. I'm so grateful that for the people, even Elias Cepeda, who just wrote a, wrote a story on me in MMA Weekly about my TEDx talk. I think they might have another couple of stories coming on me. Uh, MMAweekly.com as well. They've been around for a long time. So check that story out online. But I'm so grateful that he's sharing the stage with me. But again, like I said, what's the end game for you, okay? I know, listen, I know things are hard, man. Sometimes it's like, I mean, when, you know, you have a row of bad things, it's like, when is it going to stop? Why is it happening? Why is God letting it happen to you? You know, and then a lot of people are like, well, God definitely doesn't exist then, right? But, I can say that at the end of the day, this whole journey, this is one dimension, and it's about people. It's about us helping each other. It's part of the reason that I give a lot of stuff away for free on online now. Even the, That was a big, hard thing for me, is like, how much stuff do I give away for free? I know that a lot of everybody else does, but I was like, it was so hard. I'm so afraid of getting my stuff stolen from me, and... A lot of people imitate what I do or they, they want to sit down with me for lunch or dinner or whatever for two or three hours, pick my brain, but they don't ever really want to give me credit. That's common. And so I was so scared, like, just like as an artist, whether I'm writing songs or whatever ideas or phraseologies I have, I've always been scared, like, wow, I don't want to give that out there because I know people are going to steal it. Because I know that I try my damnedest and my darndest to think originally, and I'm, very independent thinking, and I'm highly creative. I think I'm a lot more creative than most people. In fact, I know I am. And so that makes me vulnerable because I don't have a big stage. So the biggies and other people come along and just steal my stuff. It already happens. I mean, people see my stuff, and the next thing I know, I see a post of theirs. They use my phrase or something like that, or they they change one or two words. And, uh, of course, there's no attribution, right? So I was always scared of that like man I don't want people stealing my stuff so I kept a lot of stuff close to the vest and now I'm realizing like hey Frank you know you have you have to share things not just for business not just to not just to alert people of your ability but just in the interest of humanity in the interest of pushing society forward pushing us forward helping other people Sharing. I mean, that's really the end game, right? That's what when you tie a ribbon on this, that's what's going to be. That's going to. That's how your impact. That's how your legacy is going to be measured. It's going to be measured in terms of how how much did you help other people? How much? Did, how good of a teacher were you? That that should be it. So that's where we are. I'm here to say, 46 years old. I'm actually probably going to go eat again. It's 11. Something at night here. I'm going to drive home now, and I'll probably get a little something to eat, maybe some, some, some squash with ghee butter and sea salt, maybe a little bit of unsweetened coconut milk with some chia and some flaxseed and a little wine down, a little bit of reading. And then get up early tomorrow, 6, 6.30, do it all over again. Get a great workout in. I got to teach some private lessons tomorrow. Post some social media work on my book. Set up some more podcasts and everything. But that's all fun. I get to do what I love. And the more I have people like you behind me, the more I can produce and share and spread things. But again, listen, your smile is your greatest contribution to the world, the light in your eyes. People ask you, how is your day? Hey, how's your day going? They should be able to look in your eyes and look at your face and just your energy and tell. People should be able to know that. You shouldn't be so stoic or so zen or so flat line that they can't tell. Right? I tell you what, man. Love really is. That's the best feeling. Everybody... It's the best feeling, man. It's what we all want. And if you don't have it, then you wish you had it. Nobody wishes they had a crappy childhood. <laughs> nobody wishes that. Nobody wishes that they had anger and hate in their heart. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, very few, right? Even people that are angry and miserable and, and, and mostly bad, a lot of them wish they weren't. We're all attracted deep down to the light, I believe that, most of us. So, work on yourself, work on your mind, your body, your spirit, your brain, your thoughts, that gut-brain connection, that relationship between your gut and your brain, all the hormones, the serotonin, the cortisol, the insulin, etc., all those things... So take a look. If you're like, what should you eat? Just go on my life jitsu account. Look through some things. Everything's not there, but a lot is. And uh, that's a good starting point for you. If you know anybody that would be interested in my programs, hey, have them email me. Frankie at FrankieForza.com My website's www.FrankieForza.com Got to update that thing. But, um, you know, I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. I mean, I value my time. I've been 30-some years in, you know, a quarter century plus in journalism and writing and 33 years in the fight game and all those weight cuts and, and a bunch of years doing research and, and living this nutrition thing, this clean living thing, the mental toughness and mind jitsu, the art of the mind. I mean, I've been doing this stuff a long time, so I'm not cheap because I like nice things. I want to help people. And uh, I'm worth it. I am worth it. I value myself. I value my time. You should too. But hey, if you know if money is an issue, and sometimes it is, then hey, go on a life jitsu. There's a lot there. I show a lot of the deck. The book will be coming out soon. That's a great starting point for you. There are a lot of other resources online too, you know, if you if you look. So thank you so much for your support. And just remember every bite matters, every thought matters. And when you start eating healthy, you're gonna realize you can eat like I'm doing now, 46th birthday. You can eat 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. If that's if you are a big eater like I am. I'm on my eighth meal, I'll probably eat my ninth meal. In about a half hour or so, but uh, gotta enjoy food. Don't deny and don't 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 deny, don't deprive of food. It's just which foods. Eat high quality food. Eat real food. And you'd be amazed at how much you can eat and still be super healthy and still feel phenomenal and still have great recovery. You'll be amazed. Step by step, day by day, you'll get there. It's self love. I, what you eat is a statement it's an expression of your self-love the way you walk the smile you have the look in your eyes it's an expression of your self-love and the more of that you have the more good things will be coming your way I promise you that it, it may not happen overnight it probably won't but it will come and it's coming for me right now tremendous, tremendous momentum and a lot of gratitude for that for people that are that are helping me and that believe in me thank you so much A lot of good times and good things to come. So don't stress, and as always, be blessed. Life Jitsu, Art of Life, Frankie Forza, saying good night.